What up, what up, world? What up, YouTube? What up, 337? Uh, tonight is very special, you dig? I go by the name of Mr. Fat on the track. It's another episode of The Control Room, powered by 750 Media. Tonight, we're going to touch on some history with the 337. I got a special guest tonight. Oh, boy. Let me run down some of the names. You might know him as Doug. You might know him as James, Trump Joseph. But tonight, I got the man himself in the building, Mr. Dub Nitty from the Hub City in the control room. What it do, my dog? Yeah, I am. Man. Huh? Here you go. <laughs> Here you go, man. Good to have you tonight, my brother. Likewise. Like I've been telling everybody, the, the purpose of this podcast, man, is to really put our story on the map. Uh, a lot of pioneers in the 337 music game and music and entertainment. You know what I'm saying? I be saying, like, years from now, I don't want nobody to be able to tell our story incorrectly. The only way we do it is if we document it and tell our story the right way. You feel what I'm saying? Right. So I know, you know, I had to, I got a, a call from my brother Smoke, man, you know what I'm saying? Reached out, I reached out on my own, and I kept thinking to myself, I said, man, I don't know, man, this might be a hard one to pull off, dog, but the stars aligned, baby, and like he said, here I am. So how you been, my brother? What's been popping in your world, big dog? What you got? Man, I've been magnificent, man. Yeah. You know, uh, um, you know, parenting and persevering and oh, paper chasing as usual, you know? Yeah, yeah. Put your mic a little close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah man. So, you, you know, we we doing the big dog things, grown up things, man. So, let's go back. Uh, let's go some years back, bro. I want to give you a quick story. Mm-hmm. How I got introduced to the... Uh, what I call one of the biggest re- record labels in Lafayette. I was on Simcoe one night, right? And I'm walking in front of the moon, and a whole fleet of cars just come down Simcoe, and everybody got flags on their windows that say, I for not records. <laughs> and they got a dude speed by like in a T-Rex, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> everybody, and I'm like, man, <laughs> it look like Kappa Beach party out here. What's going on? And then I ran into Kells. Kells was walking down the sidewalk like, man, what's up, man? Make sure you go get that new Vicious album that Walk Like a G. And I'm like, all right. That nigga got a record deal or something? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the presence was big. You know, and I was like, damn, okay, this is some Lafayette shit. Like, this was up. This how we moving now with the music scene. And it felt good to see Vicious album being promoted. Everybody moving like a team, bro. And I, the number one thing I remembered was that marketing and that branding that y'all had. Eye for an eye records. The logo was everywhere. The flags was everywhere. What was the brainchild that started Eye for an eye records? What ideas sparked it? What, what, what moved that? Man, uh, the founder, I'm the co-founder. The founder, uh, Nino. Um, Shout out to I'm going to keep his, his government name out <laughs> of it. But. Anybody can go pick up a, a, rich, a rich album or a big uh, vicious album and right. check the credits. This government gonna be on there. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> so you know, but uh, it was it was a collective of things. But the, the symbol itself is is, is multi layered and symbolic of so many different things, man. And you know, you know, he was already uh, him and one of the other homies had a record company called Stack a Dollar. Okay, you know, and. Um, me and him formulated I for now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm more of a co-founder. I can't take direct right, right. credit for uh, a lot of the allegory that came along with the symbol, but the sun, you know. Gotcha. I'm a Leo, you heard me? Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> so you threw that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, but, um, yeah, man, you know. So what year did y'all kick off the record label thing? What, what, what year was that? 
if I'm not mistaken, I would say about 01. Okay. 02. Right. About 01. Gotcha. And yeah. when y'all started, was the intention for one artist or were y'all trying to do like a multi-artist thing? Kind of like, because everybody was familiar with the cash monies. You know, everybody was familiar with the No Limits, the Suave Houses. And, you you know, you had a few labels out there at the time. You had Double L Records. You had uh, Big Business. You had Red Boy. You had uh, a few others. You know, we had a lot of people. Who's that? Flatline. Flatline, yeah. Tweeted them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Flatline Records. So we had a lot of people in the city just doing it, bro. But when y'all did it, y'all took it to that level, man. So the goal was to what? Have one artist? Flagship it or just a conglomerate of everything? A conglomerate. Right. You know, R&B. Okay. We were Zydeco. Yeah. The vision was to, to cover all ground. Right, right. You know? So did y'all have any background? Anybody in the mix had a little background in the music business? Or, you know, it was just... Man, I was inspired. My first inspiration for music actually came from my, my older brother and Kel. Okay. You mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. You know? My first inspiration came from them doing talent shows and, and me being born in New Orleans. That's where all my mama people from. Okay. You know what I'm okay. saying? So it was a lot of, like, the, the, the influence, that music, it was heavy. Right. Like, dudes rapping on the desk and class, beating mm-hmm. on the desk. And, you know, that's why I call myself an I-10 baby. Right. Like, when people ask, where you from, man? I'm an I-10 baby. Right. You know what I'm saying? From a few spots. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can... I'm fortunate enough to have a, uh, a background from all those different spots, you know what cool. I'm saying? But, um, so a lot of cultures was kind of already in your arsenal. Correct. Before you came to the music side of things. Correct, right, correct. Right, right. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, um, um, it was great, though. We had some fun. Oh. <laughs> we had some fun. <laughs> Well, we're going to get we into the fun, fun, too, my brother. <laughs> we're going to definitely get into great. the front, man. Some fun, man. So let's kick it off with this one, bro. Um, the first project, which I'm just finding out tonight, uh-huh. that I was kind of involved with, because that was I'm, that's one of the first albums I got my production, uh, my actual producer's credit on, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And that was the Ball Like Kobe album with Vicious. Right. So y'all was y'all was a part of that situation as well, right? Yes, indeed. It's right. A joint venture with Alpha Nine Paulie. and Paulie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to Fat Cat. Shout That's out to right. Pop. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Yeah, man. So y'all had the joint venture with Paulie. Did that spawn the relationship that got Vicious to cross over to Alpha Nine after the fact? No, the goal was to to get him with us totally anyways. Right. Right. We did the joint venture. He was exclusively committed to us. Gotcha. Afterwards, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So, you know, being that he was already committed because he had a relationship. You know, everybody grew up listening to X Mile, mm-hmm. at least in the 337. Of course. South West Louisiana. Yes, sir. So, you know, Vicious already had relationships with people in radio and with producers. Right. And, you know, I'm like, man, we got to get VI on the team. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and man, when y'all got him, bro, that was that was a special kind of magic, dog. Definitely. So we're gonna touch back on Vicious, but let's go to some of the other artists that you had on the roster. You had Vicious, you had uh Big, Big Rich, uh-huh. Money Talk album. That was that was heavy right there, man. Definitely. Who else y'all had on the roster? Man, Easy Money. Shout out to Easy, yeah. Yes indeed. Uh-huh. EO. Yes, sir. Um, you know, and there was other artists who we would work with that mm-hmm. he was promoting and uh, you know, helping. 
Right. With their projects, you know what I'm saying? And right, right. Officially signed, but we had some agreements and understanding. Shout gotcha. out to Rod Chip. Oh, yeah, man. You know? Chip was, I know Chip was heavy in that mix, man. Cause Definitely. I was coming up under Chip at that time. Chip yeah. was mentoring me as a producer. So I was watching all the projects he was touching, the IBGs, the the uh, unusual suspects, yeah. and, and then when Walk Like a G came out, man, I yeah. arguably, arguably, yeah. and I'm gonna say between, and this is only from a producer standpoint. I know you biased, my dog, but dog, <laughs> IBG, we balling, yeah, and vicious Walk Like a G album, yeah, yeah. got to be some of Roy Chip Anthony best work yeah. to this day, bro, yeah. with the rap. Right, on the right. rap side, you know what I'm saying? Right. Bro, the sound he gave Vicious and just the, the production and how y'all put that album together was heavy, bro. Definitely. So talk about putting albums together, man. Let's kind of talk about how the, the the Money Talks album came together when y'all started with Big Rich. Oh, man. I was all the way against the Money Talks and the whole Big Rich. I, I think his name should have been Big Herd. Yeah. Should have evolved in a Big Rich. Right, so right. I got outvoted, though. We was diplomatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, even though we was some young, you know. Right, right, right. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We was diplomatic. Right, man. right. So, you know, I got outvoted. I'm like, nah, man, that shit sound corny, man. Yeah, like, yeah. It's kind of over the top. Right, right. We're going to have to live up to this Big Rich shit. For the imagery. You know? Right, gotcha, why we don't gotcha. do like why we don't pattern ourselves at the cash money reboxing your bulls or, or switch it up, right? Some right. basic because right. when we was mobbing, we was mobbing a hundred deep, right? Right, fifty deep, thirty. Like when we going out of town doing shows anywhere we went, we was mobbed heavy, out, right. heavy, right? The whole city fucking with us. So did you not want that name simply because of the image, or just you wanted it to fit more of his persona musically? Or just did you just want him? Pre- I thought it was premature for right. us being a new company, him being a new artist. Gotcha. You, know you wanted him saying? to have an organic growth as an artist. That's right. Right. And, and evolve and into that. Like, I see have all to ego like Jay-Z had Hove or Jude. Eminem Slim Shady. Right. right Everybody right. ended up developing an alter ego somehow ah. that he evolved into. Right. You know? Right. Not too many people going to think about it like that from the, the ground up. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. But I can, right. I, I can see how, you, you know. Right. When you're a group, like you said, you, when y'all got a diplomatic system going and, you know, sometimes you can't go against the grain in a movement. But right. to be honest, I don't think it was all the way a bad move, dog. It right, showed, right. It, it gave him a lot of attention. Right, it did. Let's say that. Let's it just did. put it like that. Him it coming. It all a lot of attention. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But I mean, yeah. the way, and, and, and look, I'm going to tell you the truth. Big Rich, Money Talks. When you listen to that album, my brother. Yeah. I could tell y'all was spending some fucking money on that album, Definitely. dog. Y'all had some hard hitters, man. Y'all had Baby. Y'all had uh, Too Short. Yeah. Who else? Who else I'm missing? Y'all had uh, Papa Roo. Yeah. Y'all had... Uh, Bun B, Devin. Oh, man. Production from N.O. Joe. Right. Platinum producer. Right, right. Videos from Dr. T. Huh, bro? You know what I'm saying? Stone, R.I.P. Stone. Right. Y'all had Stone. get back yeah. to that. Right, right, right. <laughs> So you know man, what, what what was the progress of that album when y'all did it? Oh, How man, you like we, what, the turnout of the results? It was good. I mean, we was charting the billboards. We was working with Wendy Day. We mm-hmm. was working with Lester Pace. You right, know, right. We was getting some advance money from Southwest Wholesale before they closed, and we started dealing with um Selecto hits. Selecto hits, right? After right. After that, um, we had some good traction going, man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we was getting calls, but the money wasn't right. You know, right. Like, we could have took the bunny hop deal. That wasn't enough money. Right, You right. know what I'm saying? We need them. 
We need that cash money money. Right. As a league. <laughs> y'all didn't want it for just an artist. Y'all wanted to function yeah, like as a league. We need some more money than we need more money than that. But um yeah, we had some good traction going, man. Right. You know? We was getting spins at like twenty two, twenty three different radio stations, if I'm not mistaken. Uh bro. You know, sitting in the back, he can correct me on refresh me. Yeah, man. Do a fact check when you need to, Nino. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, bro. So Let's go from Money Talks and let's touch back on uh, Dishes. When I was saying how some of the most impactful albums that came out under this, uh, under y'all umbrella, uh-huh. right? And for the 337, when y'all did Walk Like a G, obviously those two albums was like night and day, mm-hmm. right? Big Rich came with the, you know, the flossy, flashy, imagery the the player type shit you know what i'm saying like he had them type of records keep it player uh i got it you know what i'm saying new ball in the world order this is all and and at the time people yeah. was on that shit you know what i'm saying yeah, cash money yeah they was on that shit so it kind of fit but then y'all introduced us to walk like a g <laughs> yeah. and it's like it's like it's like somebody came and flipped the mattress over dog like yeah all right this <laughs> this this type of shit over here yeah, yeah. This that grimy, this that street, this that yeah. hungry type shit. Yeah. What inspired Walk Like a G? How y'all even came up with the name for the album? Man, I Vicious, man. Yeah. Man. He um Vicious was gifted, man. Yes, sir. He was he was a just a beautiful soul, man. Yeah. Like, that was like my big little brother. Yeah, bro. Because there was certain things that I looked up to him, you know, and looked to him for wisdom and guidance on mm-hmm. his and vice versa, you know. Yeah. He was a he was surprised, like, man, how you know somebody everywhere we go, dog? Every <laughs> fucking city we go to, nigga, you know some fucking my <laughs> Right, right, right. You trying to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but, um, man, Vicious was gifted, man. And yeah. that album, man, like, man, that man used to rap us, man, from, like, Atlanta to Houston. Non-stop. I'm a witness. D.O. I'm a witness, my Put brother. Put the track on. And run. And just keep <laughs> rapping, like, non-stop, man. Like, right. he was real passionate about his craft, man. So right. it's like, R.I.P. Vicious, yes, man. Yes, sir, man. You know, I had I had the opportunity to, to speak at his funeral. Yeah. Um, and, and see him off, man. And it was, I wish he would have been able to come back healthy and still bless us with his presence. But, yeah, man. You know. Yeah, man. Man, that album was tough, man. Like. Man, yeah, the first single off of Walk Like a G was it Walk Like a G? That was the first single, or was it the other one? I think it was. Uh, that Walk was Like a G. Song, yeah, I think it was. I'm a motherfucking hawk in the street. Streets. Yeah, <laughs> man. So, man, y'all had Walk Like a G, bro, and I could tell Walk Like a G was the album that solidified that y'all was there. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Because, right. like I told you, my first story catching y'all campaign was when Walk Like a G came out. Right. So it was like, that was the arrival of I for Nine Records. Like, okay, we gave y'all Big Rich. That was our introduction. Right. And Dog Money Talks was a hell of an introduction. Right. So that's raising a few eyebrows around the city. People in the know of the music business like, man, who was I for Nine for Records? Man, who was Big Rich? Right. Dog, I heard about Big Rich so many times. And then I met him at Blue Angel. And I was like, that's Blue Herd. That's Big Herd. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's the nigga I played basketball against in, in yeah. high school. So... I didn't know, but just the the fact that that persona was out there already, and I didn't even know who the real person was yet. Right. When Walk Like a G came on, it was different. Mm-hmm. We knew Vicious already. Yeah. Right. 
Right. People was familiar with the, the vicious sound. So when y'all came, it was like ball like Kobe already just like set shit on fire yeah. with vicious as a solo artist. You feel what I'm saying? Coming from X Mob. Right. Walk like a G Dog was like, he that nigga. Yeah. He's that nigga. Yeah, he got vocal presence. Oh, and Vicious had a voice like nobody I've known. I ain't met nobody else with that type of voice. Hey. I said, nigga, if you don't make it as a rapper, you better go be a pastor. A preacher, exactly. <laughs> I used to always tell him that. <laughs> I used to always say that, bro. Shit. Yeah, he used to always say that, man. Fat, I got a voice like a Cadillac. I got that Cadillac voice, man. Yeah, yeah, man. God gave me and Pimp a voice, man. We got voice. Yes, indeed, bro. So, bro, what was the highlight of that album? I got one that I want to. I'm gonna bring up a little later, but I want to hear from your perspective. What was the highlight of the Walk Like a G campaign that let you know that what y'all was doing as a record label was right? I mean, it's hard to say, man, because mm -hmm. we used to put a lot of thought into what we was doing. Like right. we would, we would try to challenge our artists mm -hmm. into making a complete album, like not just trying to target one crowd. Like he. Right. You gon' you can have that gangster shit and that mm -hmm. headbuster shit, but we need to hit some player shit. Right. We need to hit some shit for the ladies. Right. You know, you can talk about hustling and all that, but we need to hit some political shit. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying too. Some shit, some conscious shit. You right. know what I'm saying. So, right. um, it's hard to say, man, because you know it was a lot of thought and song selection, and and how we would try to challenge our artists too. Mm -hmm. To put together what we would call back in those days a complete, a record. complete, yeah, right. You know what I'm saying, right? Um, but the highlight mm -hmm. um, was it a show? Was it a uh, a moment in the studio when y'all like was like, man, this album gonna be some trouble? Like, I know you had to have that one. Like, okay, let me not say highlight. Let me say it was one of your proud moments when you was like, yeah, nigga, we here. Man, every moment. Yeah. Man, every moment. Right, like, right, right. You got I mean, coming from right. where me and, and, and the guys who, who who own the company and, right. and the people who support us coming from where we come from, it's like all that shit was a high life. Yeah. Man. You enjoyed you know the saying? whole process. You I enjoyed the yeah. whole process. Right. That's why I said that earlier. I had fun. Right. You know? That's how real musicians, people that's really connected to their craft, dog, is that's how they supposed to do it. Definitely. We not too much worried about the result. We enjoying the process because we doing what we love to do. We doing yeah. what we know we good at doing, yeah. right? So let me just uh, touch on one more thing. I for now records, vicious walk like a G. Did y'all have plans for another album after that? Or let me say this: Was the plan to ever get a bigger record deal behind Vicious? Definitely to put him up like a national definitely artist. Definitely, yeah. Definitely. Man, Vicious skipped out on a few opportune moments, man. Like, yeah. before Jeezy blew, you know, we, we in Atlanta, we pulling up to the Velvet Room. They, they out there. I forgot who was having a party, but Coach was his manager at the time. Coach K, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm, I rolled up on him on a Segway. Uh. You hear me? They just put me out the Linux Mall on that bitch. They don't even know what that is. You can't be on the mall in this shit. Oh, that was them shit. little scooter things with the whip? That you stand up on the link. <laughs> yeah, you heard me? They so didn't even know what it was. They didn't was, even. They put me out the mall. He was confusing niggas out there. Yeah, <laughs> this in Atlanta. Right, right. You in the city, me? yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like, man, you can't ride it in here and this and that. So, you know, we had exchange for Madalis. We had set up some studio time where Vicious had a concert book with Pimp C Mama and somebody else at Intersection. Okay. So I'm like, V.I., man, you got to, this dude just finna steal your style and come up. 
Right. Because, you know, when he got out of prison, he was on some conscious shit. Right, right. He was kind of scared to talk about certain right. things in his lyrics because right. that shit ain't just thought with YSL. Like, right, right, right. The government been convicting rappers on what they say in their music. Right. And it was on Operation Rap Craig. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Actually so, targeting rappers and watching what they say in the songs. Right, and using it against them in the courtroom. Yeah. So. He was kind of shell shocked. I'm like, yeah, man, we got, we need that X mob vicious. Right, right. Like all that conscious shit you own and all that. That's cool, man. <laughs> like nigga want to hit it by coming out of yeah, tent, nigga. Like that yeah. shit you made on that man and fresh track, nigga. Right, 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 right. <laughs> nigga want to hit that. Man. Take it back to that. Yeah. yeah so you know. So do but, you feel like he just? You think maybe he felt like that was too much of a challenge? To stick doing that, or you think that was solely the reason why that held him? He held himself back on that side, on that aspect. Well, I think his challenge was not making a. Uh, he he considered himself like a street preacher, like a right. street artist. Like he right. didn't want to. Like we used, man, I ain't making no bounce music, man. Right, I ain't doing right. that shit, man. Right, no right. booty bouncing shit, though, yeah, man. Yeah. He wasn't into that, and I'm right. like, man, you got to make something that's even if you can't do that, do some shit like. Uh, I love it when I call you Big Papa type. Right, you got to right. do something along those lines. Right. You know, but he would produce songs that, you know, was was crossover, mm -hmm. you know, that we still could probably get, you know, going to the attention of the markets from, in my opinion, at least, you know. Mm -hmm. But, um. So he told me, uh, he would tell me, like, a lot of the progress when y'all was working on the album and the campaign. Because I kept telling him, I was like, man, you know, they got you looking good. You know what I'm saying? You're right, bro. Your music is jamming. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's next? You know what I'm saying? And he was like, uh, he's like, man, fat, I'm just going to keep giving them that real shit, dog. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, bro, man, them niggas ready, dog. They, 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 they this and that. And I'm like, well, shit, man, I know they I know they putting the budget up behind you, dog. They betting the house on you. Go for it. You know what I'm saying? Not too many artists get an opportunity where somebody will come but and believe in them like that bro right, right. and you know i'm gonna tell you why because here's one of the things why a lot of people that start record labels so happen to be artists themselves mm -hmm. it's very few where you see our actual record label start and none of the executives rap right because i think sometimes if you sign to another rapper it becomes a conflict of interest Sometimes, you know, unless he's well-versed in the business world and understands what it's like to jump behind an artist, that could conflict sometimes. Right, well, I'm right. not going to give you that beat. I'm going to keep it for myself because I'm working on my album. Right, right. Or right. maybe we're going to push you on tour later, but let me go out and push my album and actually sit the artist down. Being that he had the flagship spot, I mean, I know he had it, right? Mm. The street spoke for that. We always knew. That was y'all number one artist was VI, right? And... Was it a transformation? Because Bundy always joke with me and say that. Bundy be like, man, we had Vicious. We had E-Vicious. Yeah, yeah. When Vicious went to the 337, he, that nigga turned into VI. That's a whole nother monster. You feel what I'm saying? So, bro, I want to, I can see y'all responsible for the transformation of E-Vicious to VI. Definitely. 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 Yeah, I miss that fool. Yeah, yeah. bro. Yeah, man. So, bro. The record label popping, you got artists, you're getting bigger opportunities. Like you said, you're rubbing elbows with a few people. Um, let's just kind of touch on you learning the business. Because like you said, y'all came together, you know what I'm saying, with not too much, 
I don't want to say experience or just hands on of actually putting out records. Was it hard learning the business from the ground up or did y'all have people that mentored y'all business wise as well while y'all was pushing artists or did y'all just have to figure everything out on your own? Uh, a little bit of both. Yeah. You know? But like I said earlier, you know, uh, you know, he had, they him and one of the other homies had stack of dollars. Yeah, so, already so they had, yeah, they out had. in Houston, you know, right, right, and, um, right. you know, they was already getting their feet wet. Gotcha, you know? gotcha. I was inspired by the music hustle and the game, and mm -hmm. you know, and want to be involved. So you know, me and him click clack. You know, us being from two different sections, right? You know, we want to monopolize the city, right? And normally our sections don't even vibe. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah. our whole idea was like, man, we gonna. We're going to break the monotony. We're going to stop all people from being demographically challenged. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because I'm talking about they wouldn't vibe. Like, if you was from on this side of the three-way. Oh, I already know. You're yeah. not going on that <laughs> side of the three-way. Yeah. You hear me? I already knew, man. We was having them conversations. Uh, We was having them conversations last night Uh, with uh, my other partner, Ty, when he was talking about just the different sections from the zip and being from the zip and being an artist from certain neighborhoods and uh -huh. stuff like that, man. So... I think that was good what y'all did to actually stop that. Y'all y'all not stop it, but actually show that it was another route that that shit could really yeah. be fruitful. You know what I'm saying? We don't have enough people to be beefing like that. It's too much money for us to get. That was our whole motto. Like straight up, like what y'all be, what y'all not talking for? Right. We don't have colors. Right. You know, a lot of the cities and coasts, you know, they yeah, yeah. they gang they got that. You know, yeah, we got yeah. neighborhoods or wards. If you from another right. spot, right, right. You know, it's like so. Dudes will be on that type of time tough. Right. Like, not speaking to you, not fucking with your music, not yeah. fucking with your campaign just because yeah. you from this section or this side. And stopping the group. Yeah. 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 yeah and they still kind of do that. They still demographically challenged right now. Right. You know? Well, I think the more examples they see, man, eventually, them, you know, that new generation going to figure it out, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Every generation got a certain time point where they figure that shit out and somebody break through and break through the roof. Definitely. I, I think we're going to eventually get there. All right, man. So we back, back, back. Right here in the control room, man. Got the homie. Dub needed from the Hub City, bro. Yeah, yeah. So we was briefly touching over the label situation and you and, you know, you and your partners, you Nino the camp, putting campaign behind artists. So let's spin off into when you took a step from behind the desk <laughs> right let's touch when you took a step from behind the desk as the campaign manager and, and, and promoter and label mate and, and became an artist let's touch on that what inspired that part or part of the game well like i said earlier man my older brother and one of his best friends who from the neighborhood uh -huh. they, they used to be rapping like late 80s early 90s right right and uh so like, I always like music, man. This one since Walkman's and, you know, I had the, the CD Walkman. Oh, uh, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, so, yeah. But anyway, like, we always, when we would go in the studio and vibe, man, we would all, like, give creative input. Mm. So it's a lot of things that hooks and mm -hmm. certain bars, you know, that we would tell, nah, put this in, take that out. Right. Nah, say this like this or like that. Right. So, you know. So your I, hands was already a little bit in the mix on the 
on the definitely. artist side in the studio. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. My my partner used to try, man, you need to just do it, man. Uh-oh. Why you don't want to do it? Uh-oh. He used to be one of the first people to encourage me, man, fuck it, won't you just do it, though? Right, right, right. <laughs> and then it became a thing. Well, it became a thing when I got out on bond. Right, know? right, right. When I got out on bond, when you know we was going through our little beef. Right. We had our situation with the government. Uh-huh. In uh, 08, 09, I got on bond. You know, Vicious was still alive. Right. You know, some of the other man, what we going to do? What we going to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, man, shit, y'all niggas don't listen. I'm finna just do it myself. Right. And then pass the baton to y'all. Right. Because y'all making this shit seem like rocket science. science and it ain't. Not. Right. It's shit simple, yeah. Right. Man, I remember when you got out, bro, that's when I had my spot on uh, Pinhook. Yeah. We, I think you was, man, you was like fresh. Yeah. And you, <laughs> we came in that night and did like five songs, bro. Yeah. And you had them yeah. like, you know, already written. You had your concepts already together. So it was like, was it an easy process getting into the mix? Like, not in, not getting into the mix. Let me say this. What was the process of getting everybody to start accepting you as an artist? I mean, they already did, man. Because yeah. like most artists, especially in the rap genre, in my opinion, and once they had gangster rap, mm -hmm. would... Uh, they, 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 the theme would be based off of what they seen in the neighborhood or what they seen the OGs or right. what they seen people doing in the neighborhood. That was inspiring them. That was, yeah, mm -hmm. so it's like we was already, you know, writing the rap anyway mm -hmm. for the artists. Right. They was just, you know. Relaying the message. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So Y'all was the inspiration. Exactly. Right. You know. So being that you became a solo artist, man, I'm a... Uh, what was one of your first singles? I want to, was it the, uh, it wasn't photogenic. Can't Stop Hustling. Can't Stop Hustling. Me, Easy Money, and Dio, and Lady gotcha, Kim was gotcha, singing. Gotcha, gotcha, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. Was, this was before, actually, you know, we, we started going through what we was going through. Right, right, right. So that was already yeah. in recorded. You already yeah, had that, was that one recorded. Uh-huh. And then when you, uh, did the album drop? Not Did officially. You? Right. That's what I was about to say. When I, when I ended up leaving, you know. The second rip, they dropped it. People start leaking it and posting it and putting right. it on YouTube and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it just kind of released on its own after that. It was yeah, out of your control. Right, right, right. So I remember, man, I think this was right before you left. <clears throat> you had an album release party. Oh, it, was a, it was a show at the, what was Karma back then. Okay. Right? Video shoot. We did the video oh, shoot. Oh, not the video shoot. I think the okay the video, video shoot, shoot. I was there for the video my, shoot. For my world, at no, I wasn't to that one. I was to be, one. You did in BR. Oh, at the club exclusive. That was um. What song that was? That was so confused. Gotcha. What R.I.P. the old girl on uh, the Destiny Man. Yeah, yeah. I killed him in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, um, man. I remember yeah. that that video shoot that. Yeah, it's so confused. So did those videos get released? Are you planning on releasing them or what? Well, like what you Yeah, I mean if the check right. <laughs> I plan on releasing a lot of stuff. Yeah, so let's talk you about that, man. Like stuff. you said earlier, you said earlier that you wish you would have had archived a lot of stuff. So what's the plans for the stuff you do got archived? What you what you what you trying to do? Man, I've been consulting with my group of um my wise group of people, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I got been talking with my lawyers, and that's what we trying to figure out how to monetize this thing. Gotcha. You know, because I've gotcha. grown to not be a public person. You know. Yeah. I enjoy my peace. 
Right. I enjoy not being accessible. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah. you know, I enjoy just being a father more so than anything. Man. Yeah. Because when I got out, you know, people were still trying to pull my arm to mm-hmm. get back into it. I'm like, man, I didn't give enough time and energy to that. You know, right. I evolved to something else. Right. You know. So let's touch on that a little bit, if you want to, man. Um, having children. Mm-hmm. Given the perspective of how you saw things before and then after the fact coming back to your children, did that change something mentally for you or did that give you a different outlook on how you approach things from now on? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, man. I try to be uh, more calculative and more rational right. in my decision-making process because I realize that my decisions don't just affect me. It affect right. Them. They affect and your whole family tree. Yeah. yeah. Especially. So, yeah, man. So, after being... Those songs and having that release on its own, did it kind of just fade away after that? You was like, I don't think I'm going to touch it <laughs> again no more. No, I mean, the government ain't want to give us a break. Right, right. You know, we, we got a dismissal without prejudice. Right. And they had six months to re-indict us, and uh, they came back four and a half months in mm-hmm. and chose to re-indict us in five days in the trial, you know. right. Co-defendants, we started, you know, people started playing out. So yeah, you know, and we had to go face the music again. Right, right. And right. um, you know, coming back, man, it's like, shh, like man, right. You know. Different, just different approach. Yeah, yeah, and then being in there, man, and seeing some of these dudes with this dinosaur time, man, and yeah. man, some good dudes, you know. Right, right. It's like man, man, you got how much time? Right, like. You out of pocket if you go in there crying with five years or ten right, years. Right, right. Your seller got thirty and Sheesh. <laughs> and been yeah. down ten or twelve. It's yeah. like you know. But What's um, the, what 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 kind of what kind of outlook on life did you have after just being around people who was looking at that type of time or just having? And them? it made me value my freedom yeah. much more. Yeah, it made me weigh out the cost and the payoff right of my decisions right. You know, to have a better balance between the two. Right. Yeah. I can't be as impulsive and I can't, um, I don't have that much time to give. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, when we young, we think we got all the time. Right. You know, I could go do five. I could go do ten. Yeah. Shit. You know what I'm saying? That ain't what nobody really want. Though. That ain't, nah. Yeah. yeah. You know, but take it in stride, you know? Yeah. You know? So, man, one of the songs I remember doing um, it was a song I was real. I was real. Uh, I'm gonna say surprised about. It. The only reason why is because y'all had my dog Cupid on the song, and y'all actually had this nigga cussing on the song. <laughs> I say, man, I'm about to drop a song with Cupid cussing on this bitch. Oh lord, this is history. But the song and I and I made the beat, so uh-huh. I was kind of hype about it. And the song was called Pop Another Rubber Band. Pop That's a rubber right. band. Yeah. Yeah. And watch that, me throw it all. Watch me throw it all. I'm about to pop another rubber band. Watch me throw yeah. it all. Yeah. So pop another rubber band, man. Um, I like that song for a reason, bro. Mm-hmm. It had a lot of us from the city involved. And you had like, man, you had a whole conglomerate on pop another rubber band. You had Vicious. Mm-hmm. You had Cupid. I was mm-hmm. on the beat. Roy Chip on the engineering on the mixing. Like uh-huh. a lot of us got to put our hands on your music and showcase that sound that we had. Mm-hmm. And you had Badass himself on the record. Yes, indeed. Just the Boosie Badass, man. Yeah. You oh. and you and Boosie had a real tight 
musical relationship, right? Y'all did a lot of music together, right? Yeah, man. Yes, indeed. Wasn't y'all working on an album together? Um, no. No? We weren't working on an album together. We had some other talks about investing in a company together. Right, right, right. But, um, you know, yeah, we did a lot of work musically, yeah. man. Shout out to Badass, man. Yeah. Y'all got a lot of respect from... From Boosie and his camp, you know, and from having Definitely. the two two five three three seven relationship musically, man, I think Definitely. he really showed y'all a lot of love when it came to the. He did, yeah, man. Know, like, man, he beat by this ground when it come to that music, man. Right, I'm talking about. I didn't seen him do probably like five features in one day. In a day, like dudes driving from all over. Talking about, and at the time, one time he started getting more, right? Thirty grand a pop, a verse. Man, I seen him get about one fifty in one shit. day. Damn, you understand? Look, doing features, doing features. Oh man, dudes pulling up from all over. Yeah, you know. So, did you pick up anything from the artistry of watching Boosie work and just watching? Like, what's one thing you admired about his artistry as a as a rapper? Because Boosie, everybody, Boosie kind of had that same story, about, like Vicious. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, rap-wise. Mm -hmm. People watch Boosie come up and become what he was. You know what I'm saying? Since rapping at 16 and becoming the Boosie badass mm -hmm. artist image. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's some of the things you picked up just being around watching him work musically? Man, he was a he was like a workaholic. Yeah. Like, talking about nonstop. Like, yeah. You know, that's something that I commend him on and I think that I wouldn't be able to do. I wouldn't have yeah. the energy to do. Right. Like, he don't stop. Yeah. You it's almost inhuman how some people can work. They say the same thing about <laughs> Tupac. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. You know, the grind is non-stopping, man. When, and actually, like, reflecting on that uh -huh. is what made me, when I got out, I'm like, man, I don't think I want to be up all night, every <laughs> night, seven days right. a week. Trying to do 15 songs a night. Man, and it's yeah, pain, man. but it's yeah. like it's, it's it take a toll on your body and your yeah. health and your sanity. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's yeah. like it was a bunch of different things that deterred me from just from going back that, that deep. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you got to make a lot of sacrifices when you're that deep in as an artist. A lot of people don't understand that it sounds good when we say that. Oh man, he knocked out 20 songs tonight. Man, I watch him do 15 features, but how much time away he spent from his kids? We don't see that. How many times people needed him and he probably just wasn't available. We don't yeah. see that. How much time he had to sacrifice to be such a great artist. Right. We don't see that. Only right. he got to deal with that. Right? right. So we got to put a lot of respect on some of these great artists and not and just kind of understand how much time they give away from people to give to their artistry. It's taxing. Right. It's taxing right. emotionally, physically, right. mentally. It's, right. It's taxing. Right. You know. So spinning off on the Bootsy thing. There was an iconic concert mm -hmm. that happened in Lafayette. I think this was around maybe 03, 04. Mm -hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it was a classic concert that had a lot of hype behind it. Mm -hmm. And it was, I'll never forget because I had the yeah. flyer. I was in Mimosa Apartments and I had the flyer on my refrigerator. <laughs> and I was like, boy, I'm going to this motherfucker because I got to see this What's shit What's the name happen. of that concert? It was man. called The King of the Flats. Uh -huh. You remember? Uh -huh. The flyer had a boxing ring. And uh -huh. in one corner was Boosie Badass, and the other corner was Vicious. V -I. Boosie versus Vicious. Boosie versus Vicious. The versus battles before the, the versus. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? So let's really talk about how iconic y'all was doing shit out here, bro. You know what I'm saying? Y'all yeah. niggas was 20 years before 
the future, bro. Like, y'all yeah. really had a versus battle in Lafayette. Yes, indeed. First of all, I want to ask how y'all put that together. Who I did was first. Like, how that happened? How did y'all get vicious and boost in the same building? Well, I mean, we we was campaigning, man. Like, we were running into each other at shows all the time. Right. Me and Boosie had more of a personable relationship because right. somebody, you know, that was real close to him was real close to me. So y'all had a you mutual know, so friend, had a right? common link. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, you sir. Know. So, um, you know, but um, and him and Vicious had music together. Uh-huh. Like they had songs together. Mm-hmm. They had worked together in the studio before, so it wasn't that hard to pull off. Right. But it was going to be interesting and create a good draw. Right. You know? So, man, if you can, man, give us, a, like, a quick reflection of how that night went, bro. Because I can't tell you. And I'm going to tell you why I can't tell you. It's because I couldn't get in the motherfucker, bro. By the time I got to the door, man, y'all was at capacity, bro. Man, it was niggas coming out the windows, bro. And I was like, man, I know it's going down in this bitch, dog. And I seen Vicious pull up outside. What's up, fat baby? You coming in there? I'm like, yeah, I mean, if I can slide in there, oh, I'm going to see you in there. I'm like, oh, shit, I ain't getting in there. <laughs> I was like, shit, that was my last ticket to get in. I ain't yeah. going in. Bro, explain that night to me, bro, what, what, what that was like. Oh, it was big, man. Yeah. It was big. It was We had fun. Yeah. You know, they both put on and represented. Right. You know, for, for where they come from. You know, we're all from Louisiana. Yeah, so yeah. The, we all have uh, similar struggles and backgrounds, whether we from small town Louisiana right. to the big city. You know what I'm saying? It's, right. As a state, man, it's right. still one of the worst states to still be in. Still the boot, yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, yeah. you know. It was it was fun, man. You know, you had a chance to see Vicious put on right. people, you know, singing his songs and right. and celebrating him and, and likewise for Boost, you know. How did it go? Was it like cause I know we see the verses today and it's like song for song. Did y'all do song for song or was it Boosie did a set, Vicious did a set? Like how was the concert I can't, forming? You I remember? can't remember right all yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Man. Cause man, I you know what I was always wondering? I was like, who gonna rap last? Yeah, I can't remember right all. You remember who rapped last? Nobody remember? I can't remember. Vicious or Boosie? Because I'm trying to think. I was was thinking, man, Vicious was was probably going to get a bigger reaction because he was in Lafayette. Yeah. And after that, man, at the time, dog, man, wasn't nothing bigger than VI, dog, in the 337 period. So I'm trying to think, man, whose song's going to go harder? Yeah. But correct me if I'm wrong. Y'all got footage of this too, right? Man, we, it's some little bits and pieces we got, man. Ooh, Lord. We waiting, we waiting for, <laughs> for some, it's some little bits That's and pieces. That's another one of them uh, cut yeah. the check situations. That's right, yeah, man. Okay. Y'all bring it forward. Yeah, Who got we, the footage, we gotta, man? We, we got to send that, log. we got to send that to Nino Fax Machine, man. That's Make right. sure y'all send that to Nino Business email. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, bro, all right, man. Yeah. We done talked about uh, the working relationship you had with Boosie. Y'all was real jam tight, man. Um, <clears throat> some motherfucking elephant in the room, dog. Uh-huh. Right? We gon' we gon'. You told me, I, you know, I told you it was your shot to call, and it's on you, bro. So we gonna address this. The relationship you had with Boosie spawned a recent uh, display of people talking on the internet, like people talk, right? Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that because of your relationship with Boosie, your name came out another man mouth. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. Right. I'm yeah. familiar. Yeah. I'm aware. You're aware of that, I'm right? Familiar. All right. So uh for the people that don't know, right, it was recently in an interview or a live or something, and the guy, Terrence Gangster Williams, brings your name up with some allegations and tied to your relationship with Boosie. So, you know, like we we, we reached out before and I talked to you about right. it. So it's your flow, my brother. What you mm-hmm. Well, like I said, you know, I got, I've been having some meetings with my attorneys. So, right, right. You know, and weighing out some options on how I either want to monetize or move forward. Uh-huh. Um, dude, dude laughable, man. Dude illiterate. Okay. You know, dude ain't never did nothing that's worth even talking about in life. Gotcha. You know, dressing up like a woman and going smash something, that ain't, that's easy. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? I respect his big brother mine. Gotcha. We broke bread with in the music business. With baby. You did. Yeah, right. You feel me? So, you know, 444 Dale Street, apartment B. St. Miracle, you feel me? Gotcha. That's that's where I was born at. That's where, you feel me? Like, I used to go up the Ave and see them niggas out there, man. Like, because my, co- you know, I got family stayed in the Magnolia Project. Right. They don't even know me personally. Because you're tied into New Orleans, period. You're at your family. Who don't even know me, you Right, me? right. You feel me? So the whole move he went with was distasteful. Right. It was uninformed. He right. let somebody else be the, you know, puppeteer him right. into making an uninformed decision. But, you know, my 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 goal is to do like him. I want to monetize too. Right. You know, I got a, a stack of paperwork. Right. From my discovery. Right. To tell the real, but I'm not going to unfold that unless right. it's getting sold. Right. You want to be you know? a little more strategical with how you respond. Yeah, I'm not going to get that away for free. Of course. Because you know you're not I'm supposed saying? to. And, and I think I think one of the bad things, like you said, it was distasteful because, first of all, the conversation wasn't even about you. At all. Yeah. He's a hypocrite. He right. did the exact same thing. Right. He was <clears> disturbed <throat> about, you know, it's a freedom of speech, though. Right. People can say what they want to say. Right. We're in America. Right. As they, what it is, Second Amendment right or yes, something, Fourth Amendment? Right. So, hey, say what you want to say. You right. know, the real know the real. Right. You know, I don't have nothing to prove because I'm not living that life no more. Gotcha. So I could care less what somebody else in the street think right. about me. You know Especially when you know he's trying to do it for monetization purposes. Yeah, he was lying saying right. the uh, little one was in PC. And yeah. all that. So yeah. dudes had to come forward and address that and check that. It's dudes that didn't screenshot and send me messages. They didn't inbox him, addressing him about me. I'm like, man, y'all ain't had to do that, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we ain't going to stoop down. He broke. You know, right. his own family not embracing him. You know, he really just, he looked like he might need a hug. Yeah. I'm, when I see him, I might hug him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not moved by that. Yeah, I feel you, bro. You know what I'm saying? I feel but, you, man. We in a state of hate, you know. So yeah. anytime people can circulate some hate right. and relishing negativity, right. that's what they do. We in Louisiana. And I think and I think um I think and I'm gonna just put this out there, man. I think people need to be a lot more conscious of how they address subject matter, especially when you're on this internet, man. <sighs> I think people have gotten so accustomed to just sitting in front of their phone or sitting in front of their camera and, and knowing that they connected to the world. Wide web, right? <laughs> you not understanding how far and fast it's information travel. can travel. Yes, indeed. Whether right or wrong. Yeah. You're not understanding. This, this, this yeah. my thing, though, right? Fat. Like, nothing he went through or whatever he did to get out of prison, that didn't affect me. Right. So, I don't have no comment on that. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, and that's how a real G supposed to right. carry that. As he shouldn't have had a comment about you. But at the end of the day, I'm not who he said I was. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. And Buku people can attest and speak to that. Right. You know? His case still, mine's not. Right. You understand? So enlighten, <laughs> enlighten me. You know, you enlighten understand? me with that lingo when you say his case sealed, mine not. Me Man, either. it's almost an act of Congress to get your case sealed oh, in certain okay. instances because America is big on freedom of information. Gotcha. You got what's called for you, the Freedom of Information Act. Right. You know? Right. So the only time a person can really get their case sealed is if they're actively working for the people or if it's some type of protective orders or in place or something, you know, it may be some other reasons. I'm not an attorney. Right, right, right. But I'm sharing with what one, what an attorney shared with me. Right. When I started questioning and seeing what's going on and how can I proceed forward right. with addressing the matter, you know. Right. Because I'm like, if it was anybody else, I wouldn't have had nothing to say about it. Right. But you want, you clout chasing off of the homie. Right. You know what I'm saying? Then right. you going to throw me in the throw mix, you in the mix and defame my character. And trying to get at him. And affect my business dealings in the promotion arena or in throwing shows or whatever. Okay. Like, you out of pocket. You out of pocket. Right, because now you're messing with the money too now. You out of pocket. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You out of pocket. Exactly. You know? You out of pocket. Like, deal with them people who offended by what you did to them. Deal with the people over there on your end, and which all politics over there. Right. And the, the people that feel some kind of way that say they ain't dead. Yeah. Nigga, you mentioned my name. I ain't dead. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm still young. Right. You know? Deal with all that, man. Yes, sir. You know? Yes, like, sir. Like, he's just, he, he ignorant, man. You I know? feel you. He ignorant. He's laughable. Gotcha. The character, he ain't, his, he, don't, he, ain't, he won't even have no content to sustain what he trying to do. You know, he was hoping Boosie would have keep entertaining him back and forward to keep some clicks and views going, you know, right. to get him some likes. And you know what's good about that, bro, is that sometimes when you know the truth, you don't got to prove it. You don't. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, people that live and operate in truth, they know how important it is to have to go out there and rectify anything, man. The truth don't change and it don't run. Right? Yeah, exactly. You know so, yeah, man. So Exactly. I'm just glad you got the opportunity to at least address it and let the world know you're aware about it. You know what I'm saying, man? Hopefully in the future, you know, like you said, when we get the facts and, you know, the contracts is worked out and everybody talking the right type of paperwork, man, we're going to get it done. You know what I'm Definitely. saying? Definitely. I got a story. I got a hell of a documentary word, this story. Yeah. You so you mean? got plans of a documentary coming out? Definitely. Like, I already you. started on my book when I was in that place. But Come on, definitely, man. Definitely, man. What's definitely. the progress on the book? How you? What, what? Man, it's right now, you know, it's in, it's in post. Right now, I'm still, I got to go back and edit some things and gotcha. edit some things out. And the book but, is um, more of a life story or? It's really, I patterned it after the 40 laws of power, gotcha, right? Gotcha, gotcha. And when I was on my journey, I interviewed people from different walks of life to get different perspectives Word. of what they thought was real versus fake. Right. Because we live in that type of paradigm where right. either one extreme or the other, you know, a lot of people don't look at the gray area in between. Right. You know what I'm saying? When I interviewed some of these white dudes from corporate America who was in there for white collar crimes, mm -hmm. they... Oh, that's some nigga shit. That's yeah. some stuff black people do. Like that's how they look. In corporate America, like this is how we operate. Like they live by a whole different set of rules and principles. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's the name of the of the book. The rules of the game or life. Right. The view right. you choose. Gotcha. 
You see what I'm saying? Right. Because it's always different from another perspective. You can't just exactly. think it's one-sided on any exactly. either side of the table. The view you choose. You yeah. Know? So, so man, you got the book coming. Yes, you got indeed. the documentary. We, we, what, what else? We got some movies. Shit, I might even try, I might even pick up the Michael. Oh, let's do it. The, That's man. what I was. <laughs> Might even pick That's up what I was waiting again, to hear, baby. I love return of Dub Nitty from the motherfucking you hub understand city. Understand me, hey, bro. Look, you when understand? you're ready, you know when you're ready, dog. You know, I know where you're. <laughs> coming through, yeah, hey, man. man. Hey, my brother. Look, bro. It was a pleasure having you, man. I think what we just did tonight was iconic, bro. It was very necessary, my brother. Like I said, man, I'm gonna give you flowers, bro. I'm going to give you your flowers, Nino. I'm going to give you that whole eye for an eye situation, bro. Coming from a dude that was inspired, who was around, who was partially involved in some of the music y'all made. You feel what I'm saying, man? Like from one man to another, bro. I appreciate what y'all did for this city musically, bro. Thank you. Y'all gave us the example of some shit that we only heard and read about. We read about the masterpiece, the No Limits. We read about the Suave House, the Cash Money. But I for nine records, man. Y'all and a few, a handful of other record labels around the city, bro. Y'all gave us what we needed to see, my brother. Definitely. And we appreciate you. you for that, man. Likewise, fair appreciate yes, you oh, too, man. man. You know, for staying, for sticking to the grind, man. man. And staying true to the grind. It's you know? in me, dog. It's staying organic. Yeah, man. And even evolving into the podcast. And yeah, man. Like, I salute and respect you too, homie. Man, appreciate it, my brother. So when we sign out, man, let everybody know, you know, if you got any social media and the upcoming things we need to be on the lookout for, what it is. Um... I think I'm gonna probably be at the spot called Bliss, man. Uh oh, okay. I know, I know this beautiful lady, man. Okay. She got this upscale cocktail and hookah lounge, man. Y'all don't want to miss it, man. Bliss cocktail and hookah, hookah lounge. lounge. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's a lot of functions going on over there. We got gotcha. you, you know. But that's the that's the place to be, man. For sure, man. You know, some good food too. They got good food. Good okay. Drinks. Beautiful ladies and bosses in that bitch. Okay, so that's where you know, the bosses need to start being at. Shit, the bosses know, go to bliss. Brunch on Sundays, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. My yeah. wife just performed over there at brunch on Sundays. Yeah. Same. Uh-huh. You don't need to undress. Stay in your Sunday best and come to bliss. Huh, bro? Oh, that's the tagline. That's the commercial. We just did the goddamn commercial for bliss. You know what I'm saying? Lou, make sure you get your royalties on the commercial. <laughs> It's been another episode of the Almighty Podcast. It's your boy, Mr. Fat on the Track. I got the legendary dub, Nitty from the Hub City, powered by 750 Media Group. We out.